Here we go. Hey everybody, my name is Rowan, and uh, this is our every other week group called um, Afterbirth, the fourth and more trimester support group. And uh, this is our kind of preamble and our rules of engagement. Um, and I would like to say that we're being recorded right now, if you're late to hearing that, so we're being recorded. Um, but we'll just use the audio part to have a podcast, and we're working on ways to streamline that. And eventually, I know we will invite a person into this group who is a podcast like magician, and they will see it as an act of great service to help us facilitate the podcast part. And you know what's cool is like people are saying, "Oh, I bought an instant pot because I listen to the podcast." You know, because in theory, people are listening to it, but in reality, I guess at least one person is. Yay! And we helped one person that way, so that's good. We, besides just being here with each other, we can also support it that way. So um, here's some exciting news is that we have not one but two sponsors to our group. One is Pat Greer at Yaya's Rara at 412 Clay Street here in Houston, and she has takeaway meals. So if you're out and you're starving and it's between 10 and 2, swing by Yaya's and grab some nutritious food and tell her that you heard it at um, the Afterbirth podcast or Afterbirth live in-person group and that we appreciate her for sponsoring us. The other way that we're sponsored is Midwife in the Heights. Jackie Griggs has um, donated some cash for us to make some postcards so that we can put them out at different midwives places and other places where people might be needing us. And Dr. Blythe and I went to ATM conference two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a while ago. And somebody there heard us talking about it and has contacted me to help um, replicate this model in Corpus Christi for their, they already have a maternal health coalition. And so they're looking to replicate this model. I'm like, fucking great. And I also let them know that they'd be happy to have them join in with us too, that we're happy to do that, but the facilitators could join us and see how we roll. So I thought that was good. So thank you to Midwife in the Heights, Jackie Griggs, who's my current preceptor for uh, doing that for us for the postcards and you know slowly but surely the word's getting out and that's good so um next we'll go through the rules of engagement and number one we just want to be kind to each other we're not shitty or shaming or anything like that um we're supporting each other over solutions and that's kind of the aa or 12-step model that when somebody goes oh i'm having the situation somebody else goes well what i did was this and it either worked great or worked terrible but you never say oh you know what you should do and this is a self-chat because i find myself doing that sometimes so I'll work on being better about that. We want to be succinct, so no bogarting the uh, floor. And um, if a moderator, which is either myself or Dr. Blythe, um, interrupts you, please don't take it personally. It's just somewhere we've gone sideways and we want to get back in the canoe. Um, one person talks at a time. Um, and disclaimer, this is peer support, not paid psychotherapy. So even though Dr. Blythe has the DR, um, we're here to just support each other and she's a co-facilitator. We're not prescribing or diagnosing, and this is a public forum, so right now we all know each other on this forum, but at some point we're going to grow bigger than that, so make sure that if you are got a baby at your boob or um, you need to have, you know, a certain religious um, or cultural tradition done, or if you're not in a safe place, then, you know, you can turn your phone face down and uh, chat in the chat box or if there's a way that you need to communicate that's not having your voice heard, we're happy to, you know, you can send me or the other moderator a message. And um, this will be recorded and put up uh, on the uh, podcast. So there we go. And we also went ahead and made a PayPal button. And I'll ask Dr. Blythe to put that in the chat box. That we figured it out that just like software and stuff 
platform stuff, it takes us about um, 40 bucks a month to keep this going, not including mine and Dr. Bly's time. So if you feel called, you can throw some sling in the PayPal, some cash in the PayPal, and that helps us keep this going. And no matter what, we're keeping it going. I just want to say that, but um, that's a way that you can support. So Dr. Blythe will put that, that PayPal link in the um, chat box. And Zala actually um, was the one who made me get the, the, bot, the PayPal link because she's like, I'm sending you money. And I was like, well, shit, yeah, thanks, Zala. And Zala and I are both business people, so we kind of think that way because the way to keep something going is to show up and put some cash in it. So I appreciate that, Zala, for motivating us. Motivating us. And um, I think that's what I'll have to say. So we're gonna go through and uh, introduce ourselves. Our topic today is um, pumping on a plane and boundaries. Those are our two thing, our kind of things we want to talk about today. And uh, then we'll go around and introduce ourselves. And if you have something big that you want to say, then you can say, you know, like this is what's going on for me. And I have something big that I want to lap back around to. And we'll look at that before we have our topics, because we're all about putting out um, hot spots and fires before we go into our regularly scheduled topic. Also, if you share something big and then later you know, like, you know what, I don't think I want to put that on the podcast, then just let me know. And right now we just don't even load the whole thing up, but at some point we'll get to where we can edit it out a little bit better. So that's kind of the rules of um, how we're going to roll. Um, that's our topic. Uh, my name is Rowan. I'm a local Hudandera, an apprentice midwife here in Houston, Texas. And um, y'all, I'm really sad. My cat died yesterday and I'm just wrecked. So that's that's me right now. So I'm a little bit flat and tearful, but um, I have enough like positive remedies in me that I could like light up this whole, you know, neighborhood and still like I'm just struggling. So, and it's okay, right? You know, it's okay to be grief and it's okay to be sad. And, you know, I just got to keep moving forward. So that's my update. Um, Dr. B, do you want to um, go next and then we'll Uh, I'm really sad too. My uh, family cat died, so um, it's saddening. And I still swear we're like, I don't know about you, Rowan, but I'm still not like fully recovered from our trip to the midwifery conference, probably because we keep getting zingers happening. Like Mother's Day wasn't great. And then, um, you know, a cat dying isn't great and all the other things. Like it just is not great, 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 great. So my positivity only happens between 12 and 7 when I see patients. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just squashed. So we're all just doing the best we can. So, And my hair is bananas because I actually didn't even look at it before I left the house. That's how we're doing. So, okay, that's all for me. Well, you do have a dog. If she runs by, we want to see her. All right, um, looks like you, Adila, are next. <laughs> I'll unmute you, there you go. Hey, I am Adila. I am a birth doula here in Houston. I have two daughters. Um, I'm in my car driving back from seeing a client. Uh, which I'm very excited about. She seems really awesome and is moving to Africa in two, much, in two months. So I'm just like, oh my God, that's crazy. How cool is that? I miss living overseas. <laughs> um, and today is the first day of Ramadan, our holy month that happens once a year following the lunar calendar. And I'm 
And so you cut out for some of that, but what I understand is that there are slightly relaxed rules for somebody who's nursing and you also have a plan in case your supply goes down. Did I get that right? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so in Islam, the nursing mother or the pregnant uh -huh. mother does not have to fast. Okay. So, and that's the same for people who are sick. Okay. Um, people who are traveling and uh, people who, or women who are on their menstrual cycles okay. um, don't fast. So you can fast if you're pregnant or nursing, but again, you don't have to. Um, I really would never, never recommend it to anybody. Uh, but for myself, because my daughter right now, even though I'm nursing her, my daughter right now just has great eating habits. I'm really not too worried about her um, nutrition intake and all that. Okay. So I'm going to try to fast every other day. So today I'm fasting. Tomorrow I'm not. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. And I'm that's like no food and no water. Just so you guys know. Hardcore. Good for you. All right. I'm going to mute you. Uh, Caitlin, you're looking studious. Oh. Hey, okay. I'm Caitlin, um, and I'm a mom of a three-and-a-half-year-old and a, a seven-month-old who's very fussy right now, um, and um, that's about it right now. Got it. All righty. Zala, that's your hand, so you get to go. Oh, give me two seconds. One. <laughs> two. I can talk. I can talk. I'm just trying to put clothes on. Um, so I am Zala. I am a mother of a four-year-old daughter and an eight-month-old son. And uh, I am a business owner and um, business is running my life right now it's totally insane it's just like it's nuts um <clears throat> there have been a lot of like crazy crazy things so i totally get what you guys are talking about you and blythe about just the one zinger after the other it's it's been that way in business and in my marriage and with the kids they're losing their school and it's just it's everything oh. is crazy crazy, crazy right now. Um, like it was just like, it came to a head right before this call. I was just like trying, I was like, okay, I just, I need to eat before the call or I need to like get some food so I can, <laughs> so 
sit here. And I go down and I pour a big bowl of cereal and there's like no milk. And I'm like, that's, that's exactly what's going on right now. That's just my life. Like, and you know, and then the people are calling about bills that you don't owe. And I'm just like, dude, like, I'm just, you have to laugh at some point. It just gets so ridiculous that you just have to laugh at it and go, Clearly, I'm going to look back on this and hopefully not be as uh, mad as I am right now. But it's, it's tough, man, when you're going through it. For real. For real. Hey, I'm also teaching a prenatal massage class. I'll give you a link for that. Uh, if you want to send any of these people. Okay. That's not a bad idea. Thank you. I hadn't thought about that. Okay. I'll get them trained up if you want. All right. I'm going to mute you. And now we're going to Tiff. There we go. There we go. Um, hi, I'm Tiffany, mom of two daughters. Um, Lily's almost four and Willow is two. I'm trying to get some me time in by doing some tie-dye outside, but um, it's not going too well. I can hear Willow crying, so I'm probably have to go inside pretty soon. Um, yeah, that's about it. Just trying to do the thing. Good for you for grabbing some me time. She can cry. All right. Look at this. This is my all like, you know, whatever. Parenting. Whatever. <laughs> all right. Um, my kids survived, though. Um, hey, right before I got on here, I saw the show promoted. I was slinging our, our link around on Facebook. And then I saw some show where it was like, you know, showed kids like standing in the backseat, you know, looking backwards as the car was driving away. And setting shit on fire in their driveway and all sorts of stuff, like real 70s style parenting. It's a wonder Blythe and I survived, I'm telling you. So, okay, so uh, does anybody want to talk about um, anything other than boundaries and nursing, pumping on a plane? Because those are the kind of two things we're going to talk about. Anybody else got any hot topics? All right. Um, outside of birth, like just talking about how important boundaries are. I was at a birth, let's see, a couple of days ago. And um, the mom drove in from Beaumont and she goes, can I bring you food? Because one of the things at a birth center is you have to eat something before you leave. And it's something not like crackers that we have there. Like somebody has to bring you some food or you have to bring food. And so she was like, I want a Monte Cristo sandwich from Cheddar's. And there's one right on the way here. Dr. Blythe already heard the story. And so she was like, she was all about it. That's all she wanted to eat. And she was so happy. And the mom like called Cheddar's twice and then said, oh, they're not open or they're not answering. And I'm like, fucking go in there. Because they were like, um, they were like, oh, it's, you know, 930. They're probably closing. I'm like, this is Houston. They're not going to close at 930. Um, so the mom, the mo you know, the grandma at this point, she went by McDonald's and got some chicken nuggets. And so then the lady ate three or four of them and like felt sick. And I just was like, so pissed, like, cause her boundary was, you know, like bring me a Monte Cristo sandwich from Cheddar's. And then the mom just like, the grandma's just swung by a McDonald's, like, you know, two feet away from the birth center. And I was so pissed on her behalf. Cause I would have been like, you know what? We're going to need you to go back and grab me that from Cheddar's. You don't show up at a birth center and crash somebody's birth. I was just like super livid on her behalf. And then she ate something that didn't go well for her. And I was just like so pissed, you know? 
And what a difference that would have made in the postpartum experience for her. And the husband even said, you know, she wants a Monte Cristo sandwich from Cheddar's. That's all she wants. That's what she said. And then the grandma came in. She's like, well, I called twice. And, you know, they didn't answer. Bitch, drive in. If, if it's, you know, to go, they'll like hook you up. Come on. So anyway, I was super livid. And I know that that would have made a big difference. And if the, and it was interesting because the woman who just had the baby, she like got kind of super controlling about what her kid, her other kid was wearing. He didn't have any shorts on and she got like super controlling about that. But I knew it was redirected because she felt so like disappointed in not having her sandwich. So she got like hyper-focused on this other thing. And, you know, in that moment, like I couldn't do anything about the dynamic or, or maybe I can later as a primary midwife because, you know, like right now I'm an employee in somebody else's business. I got to just be chill and go with whatever they say. But I think if I'd been the midwife, I'd be like, look, you know what? She really needs this. I'm not going to discharge her from care until she gets this. Feel free to drop the kids off and go back to Cheddar's that, you know, 10 mile drive and sit there for 10 more minutes. I mean, like, you know, and I don't care if I'm a big fat bitch. Like I have friends and I'm there to really take care and advocate for the mom. I'm going to get that reputation. Like don't have your baby in the row and she's a bitch, but like, I don't care, dude. I don't care. That would have made a huge difference to this woman. And it would have made a difference in her strength and all sorts of stuff. And she was still happy. She was like getting up and she was like, oh my God, I feel so much better than the first time I had a baby. And, uh, and you know, she was jumping around. I had to calm her down. But anyway, so that's my latest experience on like boundaries and how that would have improved somebody's postpartum situation. That's what I got. So is there anything that you have around boundaries that you wish you could have done better even right now or implementing differently? So I'll mute myself and just unmute yourself or give I, I think that worked. Okay. So can you hear me? Yes. Okay, cool. So yeah, similar birth experience. Um, my, I did not, I knew that my mother-in-law would be her normal self and try to, you know, control everything and just be overbearing. And so I didn't tell her I was in labor and, uh, she, we told her after the baby was born that they could come up and see and see her. So it was fine. And she still, to this day, brings it up in arguments. She'll be like, I, I would have waited in the parking lot of that hospital. I just wanted to be around when that baby was born. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Rowan. So, uh, yeah, and I'm like, you're not understanding this. She, it's a theme for her. She does not get boundaries. And every time I place a boundary, she, like, tries to make it about something else. And I'm like, nope, no, this is a boundary. You've got to understand it. And it's like... The more that I say it, she's finally coming around, but especially around birthing, man, it's like, I'm not letting you ruin this for me. Yeah, dude. And people never get that. Like, that's a big point. Like all these extra people at births who show up, like Shannon told me one time that there was like the birth pool was set up in somebody's um, living room and there were lawn chairs all set around it. Like, you know, like a, mini arena you know <laughs> like what the fuck so yeah that doesn't help good for you i'm glad you didn't let her come in i mean that's really good that's really yeah. good and she can be mad whatever bitch yeah yeah sorry i have like she's no still mad about, about like shit her husband did in the 70s and brings it up all the time so i'm not <laughs> no doesn't matter to me my mom used to do that she got mad one time at my dad because somebody offered him to sell him a car but even before dr Blythe was born and my dad said no before 
he even asked her about it because they were one car family. He was gone all day with a car and stuff. And she was so mad. She's still bringing, well, she's dead now, but I think in the last year that she was alive, she still brought it up. Your father. <laughs> Good for you. So what boundaries have you set Zala in um, postpartum that you felt really proud about or good about? Um, so just like with my own history of like sexual abuse, I've had to set some real um, boundaries that she didn't understand or agree with around like, you know, not wanting the kids to be around any male relatives alone. And, she, you know, she's just like, well, you don't love your father-in-law, you know, and it's like, no, but this is my boundary. And here's the reason why. And, you know, she thinks like, well, you need to just, you know, get over it. And it's like, you know, I'm in therapy, I'm doing my work, but right now this is my boundary. And, um, and as it's changed, you know, we communicate, but there are so many boundaries, this woman. And you would think like, we, we all need help around our house. Right. But she'll come in and like be talking to you. And as she's walking around, she's cleaning your house. And it's like, okay, no, like I asked you to come over and play with the kids. Like they want to see you and you've been ignoring them so you can clean my house. How does that make me feel? Um, so it's constant. I have to be super vigilant with her about boundaries around everything. Got it. Got it. So much. <laughs> All right. Who else wants to share boundaries in the postpartum or boundaries that they wish they'd had? Let's talk about you, Caitlin, because you crafted, oh, wait, Tiff, can I come back to you after I ask Caitlin? Because Caitlin, you had a real different, like you really thoughtfully and intentionally crafted your birth team and your whole vibe, the second birth. And I think you probably did your first birth too, but how was it different? Or can you just like kind of share about that or say what you got to say? Yeah. So my first birth, there were lawn chairs. <laughs> um, and I don't, didn't really realize that until after. Um, but like at the same time, I never really felt watched, but you know, I, I was too in my own zone anyway. Um, but this time I had an idea of who I needed for what, um, because my mom wasn't going to be there. So I knew like Dr. B helped me figure out what some of my um, triggers might be, what some of those things that I might need are. And then Rowan and Shannon helped me figure out who my other doula should be, because me thinking I should replace my mom with someone of similar age, was not the right fit right um because that's i had thought that for a second and um but knowing aaron was the right fit for my first birth even um that that was the right fit for my second still um and so everyone had a very specific job and different skill set and some of those skill sets overlapped like rowan and aaron are both massage therapists or licensed massage therapists but Rowan wasn't the massage therapist there. Um, she was the, the midwife and um, Dr. B was my emotional support. And she, you know, um, her and Rowan helped me through some emotional stuff that came up. So, um, and then my mother-in-law, I have a really awesome mother-in-law who um, I just have to mention something once and she kind of waits until I give the okay on anything to change what she does. Um, so I don't really have to ask much of her. She kind of, we called her and she got here and she took over with the kid and I didn't even like, it's what didn't even phase me that she was here or anything. Um, she stayed away and then she came in for photos here and there, but like, it was just not, she wasn't like a presence that I was like, oh my gosh, 
I need you to go away. <laughs> you know, like she was welcome because she had home births. She kind of, she respected the process. So um, being mindful, not only who you let in and in, in your most vulnerable spots, but trying to figure out what their exact purpose in those vulnerable, spot, vulnerable spots for you might be was the most helpful thing. Because um, while my birth team was still large in uh, comparison to some, um, between Shannon, Rowan, Amy, the but she, Amy was only there in the capacity of, um, what's the word, uh, birth assistant. Um, and then I had Dr. B and Aaron, my husband and my mother-in-law and my, my three-year-old with me. So, I mean, while that's still a huge number of people to have in my house, I never felt watched and I never felt alone and everyone's, um, yeah, everyone's, everyone had their specific role and that was the boundaries we set. And you have a fairly large house too. So there was lots of places for people to, um, you know, kind of fade away and, and not, not be in the way. Oh, Dr. B, did you want to speak? Sorry, cut you off. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Good, Caitlin. How about you, Tiff? What do you got to say? I'll unmute you, Tiff. I didn't really consider boundaries or think about myself in that way um, after Willow was born because I just figured that, you know, now I have two kids and it's my responsibility to keep them, you know, fed and alive and all that. And I just got so lost in like my head and not having time for myself. And it took me probably like the first year of my second child being around for me to realize like that I needed to set those boundaries and put them out there for my husband and my roommate and you know, really whoever else was willing to watch the girls so that I could take time for myself and, you know, remember that I'm a human before I'm a mother. So that it just, it took me a long time to realize that was something that I absolutely needed. What, what woke you up to that? Um, other people telling me that that's what I needed to do you know, that I needed to take time for myself, whether it's, you know, saying no to the girls, you can't join me in the shower, or, uh, you know, I'm getting dressed by myself in my room. No, you can't come in. Um, you know, even little things like that, but it's gotten a lot better where, you know, I've talked to my husband, I, it's, I've had to like, enforce this repeatedly but to let him know like hey i need at least one night off a week from putting the girls to bed because i i just need that time for myself and i've been able to actually trade with another mom time during the day so every other week i get like three hours during the day which is huge because if i'm only getting it at night there's a you know a limited 
amount of things that I can do or people that I can see. Um, so it's definitely gotten better. I try guys. Good for you, Tiff. Good for you. All right. So what I guess Tiffany, my question for you is like how much different or if somebody had said something to you earlier, do you think you could have like implemented having personal time or like was it just at the right time that somebody said something or like I think I got so like wrapped up in my head and just like feeling sorry for myself, didn't know what to do, crying all the time, that it got like bad enough that somebody had to say like, you need to take some time for yourself. Um, I don't know if I would have like, not necessarily like believed somebody or I think I probably would have felt obligated to stay with the girls if somebody had said something to me like earlier on. Mm -hmm. And who told you that? To take time for myself? Yeah, who, who told you in a way that you could hear it? Um, my husband. Oh. And just like more so like reinforcement from another friend. Um, my friend Teresa, she doesn't have any kids, but she's a nanny. And I mean, she, she kind of just, you know, looks out for me in that way, which is yeah. really nice because a lot of my family is in Pennsylvania. So it's hard to um, stay connected in that way. It's, I've had to definitely find my chosen family here in Texas. What up? Okay. Thanks for being honest. All right, Adila, it's up to you now if you can share. And we're talking about boundaries and ones that we wish we'd had um, earlier or like Zala talked about setting boundaries with her mother-in-law who's still pissed and she's that she couldn't watch her grandson be born. And then um, Tiff talked about having a boundary with um, her husband or her spouse so that she could have personal time. And we're just kind of talking about boundaries and ones that we were proud that we made and ones that we wish we'd snapped to a little bit earlier. Yourself, Aya. Okay, sorry, I'm telling my daughter to wipe herself. <laughs> We've all been there. Um, yeah, boundaries. So, okay. Um, it's funny that we talked about husbands, I guess, and our boundaries for a time for ourselves because I feel like sometimes um, my husband gets confused about what is considered me time and um, what isn't like going to see going to see clients um, for prenatals and stuff without my kids is not considered me time um, even though sometimes he'll be like well but you were gone for two hours I'm like yeah but I wasn't doing anything myself I was taking care of someone else Wait, baby, can I sit here first? I want to talk, okay? And then I'll, I'll come sit there in a second. Um, and so, yeah, I have to, I guess we have to talk about that and clarify what was considered me time. I mean, it's definitely much better about it, but. Oh, boundaries with in-laws. That's a, definitely a big thing. Um, 
knowing for my husband and I to be on the same page in parenting and um, when it comes to something that my in-laws may do that I don't agree with to our kids it's important that my husband um, backs me because it's his parents right it, it makes it easier if um, we both are a team together I guess and enforce that no I don't want Tyrell to have soda <laughs> um, one of the big things that I actually just recently told a client of mine is instead of saying no to like grandparents about things, offering like a different solution. So um, no, she can't have candy right now, but she can have those strawberries or no, she can't have soda, but she can have that milk. Um, and also I guess like, boundaries with their you know I know that they're all parents right my parents are parents their parents they've been through a lot they've been through it all so of course they have a lot of wisdom and knowledge but um, at the same time you know there's wisdom and knowledge that I carry through my own experiences and you know getting that respect right off the bat that yes I'm a parent and I'm able to make my own decisions for my children and there's so there's that boundary there um, and we've definitely gotten there. So I, um, I think it helped a lot in the beginning when I lived in New York away from both sides of the families for the first like two years of Aya's life. So we were kind of able to um, be a family on our own, I suppose, without outside influence and kind of figure parenting out on our own and um, struggle with things on our own with you know maybe phone calls for advice instead of giving it like hands-on right there and, and ever giving me opinion <laughs> the other thing is um my husband's family is like a big family so usually when something is voiced in the house everyone hears about it everyone's giving their opinion about it um so that can be a little you know annoying <laughs> and not annoying because sometimes you do appreciate those advice and they they can be very good advice um but yeah there are definitely things like before we go to the house or my husband, like, hey, let's not bring the subject up. I don't want to talk about this with your family. This needs to stay within our house. Cool. I used to have to set boundaries like that with my ex. Like, I do not want you to immediately tell your mom all about this because talking to your mom about this is like trying to get bread from a, gr from a hardware store. And she'd be like, what? I'm like, why would you act on any advice that your mother ever told you about anything? Ooh, the same conversation over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. All righty. Well, did you already go on your trip where you're worried about pumping or when, when's no, that yeah. happening? So my trip is at the end of June, June 17th. Okay. Um, oh, the New York trip. So we haven't, we haven't done anything with that. So I'm not worried about pumping right now because we haven't bought any tickets for that, but we are flying to Singapore, which is like a 24 hour flight. Um, Yikes in June and we're staying there for two weeks so I'm nervous about uh, mostly about the kids sleeping and their pattern because it's about a 13 hour difference it's like night and day um, between Singapore and here so I'm trying to figure out like when's the best time because our flight leaves in the morning here in Texas at like 10 so um, I'm trying to figure out you know what the best way is to get the kids on the, uh, try to get them on a sleeping schedule that benefits them once we land in Singapore because we land at midnight. So I want to try to go straight to the apartment and have them pass out and go to sleep so they can wake up in the morning and have you know energy for the day. 
Got it. Um, so that's the only thing. I'm definitely going to bring, when I went to Hawaii, my mom actually brought like a fold out mat pad, kind of like what kids sleep on, I guess, at daycares, like during nap time on the floor. Mm-hmm. And it fit perfectly between the seats on the floor. And um, those flight attendants were really cool with Aya sleeping on there when she was younger, when we went to Hawaii, a nine-hour flight from Texas. And as long as, like, the seatbelt sign wasn't on, they let me lay her down there, and she passed down and slept the whole way through. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sweet. That's a hot tip right there. So I'm I definitely going to bring that. Um, huh? Baby, I think she's in Mama's room. You can go look for her. She's not gone. <laughs> My mom came over to watch the girls this morning, so she's my daughter's looking for her grandmother. She calls her Octo. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's the only thing that I'm worried about with flying, and uh, and I'm a little worried about my husband because he's a very busy body and he likes to get up and move around and stuff. And I, so I know he's gonna probably bug the heck out of me on this flight. <laughs> Sit down, buddy. Yeah, it'll be a test of our marriage. 24 hours stuck together. Well, let's ask Caitlin. How did it go? Did you have a test of your marriage when you were flying to um, Alaska? How'd it go? Um, I, we were fine flying to Alaska. Um, that was, yeah. So I just um, flew back from New York uh, last Tuesday. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, um, this is my thing I was supposed to report back. Um, so um, I didn't end up using my hand pump at all because we were so busy. We'd leave at like nine, nine between nine and 11 in the morning and we wouldn't get back till two. Um, so I'd only pump it in morning and night. Um, and one, one day in the afternoon or something that we were like, no, no, no getting back on the subway back to Brooklyn from Manhattan in the middle of the day to just to go back is that's dumb. Um, Cause that was like an extra two hours of travel. Um, so I, I just carried my hand pump in my purse and like it was allowed into all the theaters. It was allowed like to Statue of Liberty. It was allowed everywhere. Um, they didn't question it. They didn't have any issues with it. Um, I thankfully didn't feel like I needed to pump, but there were, plenty of um, secluded enough spots I could have found something and the women I were, was with they were they were warrior women too so they were like you do what you need to do um, so that was really good um, and then I needed to be at the airport with we, we just took the um, we got to the airport at the same time but I hadn't like an extra three hours before our flight and they have those pods at Newark airport um but there was one in the entire terminal <laughs> go figure um and it was at the opposite end of my my flight or from where my terminal was so even with three hours like there's no guarantee I'd be able to um get through security get my bags checked and um, I also had like 150 ounces of milk with me. So that takes a little extra time to get through security. Um, but anyway, so all my milk made it home. Um, I had approximately like eight or nine hours of it in a cooler. Um, it was all frozen. And I had four like really small ice packs 
that like I was able to fit around it and I probably could have done six in just like a regular size lunchbox cooler with 150 ounces of breast milk and it all made it home completely frozen. Um, and TSA did not give me much, they didn't, they weren't a ton of trouble, like they have to hand check it, but as long as it's not slushy, they don't even have to test it. They just have to like pick up a bag and hold it and put it back and like that's it. Um, so um, you can have it go through um, like the x-ray machine, but if it's over the three ounces, they have to pull it out anyway. So you can just say, have them hand check it to begin with. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's, um, that's what I learned there. And then it made it nine hours. So um, having a quantity frozen pre, pre or previously. Um, but I mean, it all worked out. I got home and my supply dropped um, significantly, um, specifically because I wasn't doing that afternoon pump, but it basically just corrected my oversupply. So uh, now I don't have an oversupply, and which is a real bummer for my donor mom, but uh, it's what happened. And I, I kind of warned her ahead of time and she did find another donor in uh, while I was gone. So that's, I guess what I have, to report back. And that's a cool boundary at the end there about you not having um, the oversupply and that you pre-warmed the mother and that you don't, the mom you're donating to, and that you don't have a bunch of like weird guilt stuff about it. And I want to give you snaps for that because you take responsibility super, you know, like that's a big thing for you. And um, you did what was best for you and your family and you seem to be pretty chill about it. And I just want to give you that big props on that boundary also. Go Thank Caitlin. You. Yeah. Um, the question, does it have to be frozen to go through TSA? It does not have to be frozen to go through TSA. Um, if you're doing it in large quantities, it's easier, especially since for me, it was like nine hours that I was going to need it um, frozen to get it home to put back in my freezer. Um, but no, they allow, um, is, if it's unfrozen, it's a, a reasonable amount to feed your child between here and your destination is kind of the way they, I think, word it on TSA guidelines. Um, so if it's in a bottle, you can take juice, water, formula, breast milk through TSA in like regular sippy cups and things like that. It doesn't have to meet the three ounce uh, requirement. But if like me, you're take, taking 150 ounces it's better to have it frozen because otherwise they have to open up every bag and test it with like their little dipstick feely thing. So, um, yeah. Also, just to add to that, you don't, you can take um, baby food with you yes. through airports here. They won't like tell you to throw it away or whatever because it goes over the um, ounce limit. Um, so, yeah. Any other words of wisdom while traveling, Caitlin? Um, I mean, I would have, I should have just pumped like the third time. I really should have just to um, be a little bit more comfortable, but for the most part, not really. Um, I, it was a girl's trip, so I definitely had some alcohol ahead of time. So. I did make, I was able to make a small donation and I just warned her ahead of time in full disclosure. But uh, for the most part, I, that was about it. Um, 
the cool oh and the cooler um whatever you carry your breast milk in does count against your bag count so like i wasn't allowed to have a carry-on like a roller suitcase carry-on so i was only allowed a backpack so i had to make sure that it was like able to shove into the backpack but then when i got on the plane i took it out of the backpack and just like sat it on top so that there was just less um heat and stuff around it but a breast pump does not count against your bag count. So you can take your breast pump. So combine the bags if you can. Um, I just packed my, my big pump because I was like, I am not carrying this 125 ounces of heavy breast milk and a breast pump through an airport. No, thank you. So I just packed that one. Um, yeah, so bag counts, it matters. Got it, hot tip. All right, Caitlin, I'm going to mute you and then we're going to go to Dr. Blythe. And my question for you, Dr. B, is what um, boundaries have you seen people put postpartum that you think are super helpful or that they've reported have made a huge difference? If you have thoughts in that direction. Um, let me think about that. I think Look, one of the things that I do when I first start seeing people, if they're pregnant, we talk about who's going to be at the birth, um, what does that look like, who's going to be your bouncer, and then postpartumly, I always tell people, you know, nobody comes over empty-handed, just like the usual doula stuff, like no one can come over that's uninvited, you don't have to have people come over, um, they need to bring food that's already cooked and ready to be frozen or eat. Um, like just a lot of boundaries that people can have and then like how to enforce that without guilt because I think we're socialized in the states to oh you've had a baby you're gonna come see me here you get to hold my baby as your like reward for coming over and doing my fucking dishes and taking trash out and bringing me food like no we're not doing that but a lot of people feel guilty when I talk to them about that boundary um, so we really work on like what other people think of me is none of my business because I have to do what's best for me and my baby. So fuck the ride off is really what I teach people a lot. So it's not easy. Um, and it is like a muscle when you first go to the gym, it's hard. You know, when you first start working out, you're like, this sucks. I hate it. I can't even get up out of my chair. This is horrible. Why am I doing this? And then you go back tomorrow and it's still that bad. And then like three weeks later, you're like, Oh, I can do that. Maybe I can make it a little harder. It's the same thing with boundaries. It has a muscle that needs to be exercised and given oxygen and water and compassion. Um, and it gets easier. Um, doesn't mean it doesn't sting when people make terrible judgments like, oh, I would have sat out in the car and waited for you to have your baby. Like I would have done anything. I would have done handstands up and down I-45 while you had your baby. You know, like that's not supported. That's not helpful. And that's what that other person wants, right? So we just put the spotlight back on ourselves. And this is what I want, and this is what I need, and this is your time to shine. So postpartum, peripartum, you know, and I hope that like stays forever when people get really good with boundaries and like, this is what I need to do. And I'm sorry if that is not something that works with you or makes you unhappy, but I can't do anything about that. Maybe you should talk to someone else, not me, right? So I think about concentric circles of support, like, when you're in it like we can't help other people in it they have to shop outside um i had a patient have a baby and it was pretty traumatic and her mom was like i just want to talk about it and she's like i can't and she's like but i want to talk about it and she's like not with you like you can't talk to me get a friend get a therapist not me 
And every time she calls, she's like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, no. And then at some point I've taught her, like, you can say, no, I can't talk about that. Goodbye. Hang up. <laughs> it's that bad. So, and then don't feel guilt about that because she's going to bring it up the next time. It's like a, a, a record just on repeat. And that's, that's that other person's mantra. So we don't have to get hooked into that. So that was a little bit of pro therapy. Sorry about that. But that's what I talk about. Fancy doctor self in a peer group. Boom. That's a good one though. One of the things that um, I say a lot to people is, especially postpartum, like, I'm like, if you don't have, if you're not comfortable having your boobs out in front of this person, don't have them over. Because feeding your baby is the most important thing. And this is, this is what we got. So if you can't be tits out, then they don't need to come over. And people are like, oh, it's my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Tough titties, literally. Yeah. <laughs> So if you don't feel comfortable, they don't feel comfortable, too bad, honey. You know, they can, uh, you know, fuck right off. So I think that's the thing that I most want to tell people boundary-wise. Because, like, all these people, like, will rush in after a birth. And they're like, ah. And I'm like, their tits need to be out. So they can have, well, I'm just going to have my bra on and the baby next to my boob. And then this last birth, somebody's like, well, I think we should probably take this bra off because he's really hungry and looking interested. And she was, like, looking around. I was like, we don't care. We're birth workers. But anybody else who needs to be out, out. And it was funny. I was checking her bottom, her perineum to see if she needed repair. And by the way, this is not an easy skill set. And I've seen my fair amount of vaginas. And still after a baby, like you're trying to figure out what went where and I don't know. And, um, you know, it's really good to have arnica in the water when somebody's pushing in my experience because it reduces inflammation. I can see what I'm doing better, even if there is a repair that needs to happen. But I'm all, and she's like telling her husband, don't look don't look. I was like, well, I, I have to look, you know, and she's telling her husband, don't you look down here. And I was like, and then she's asking me, no, then she asked him, well, how's it look? And he, he goes, you just told me not to look. I'm like, your vagina looks great. Everything is good. Nothing is torn. It's a little swollen, but it's going back down beautifully. Okay. And she goes, you can't look until like, you know, three weeks or something. I was like, okay. And then every time we need to check the bleeding, you know, like the assistant would go to check the bleeding. There's people standing around. She's like, can we wait until they're not in here? And she's like, okay, everybody out. I need to check bleeding. And they're like, what, what, what? You know, trying to eat their stupid chicken nuggets. And I'm like, no, get out. You got to take care of this lady's body. Ooh, people. All right. So words of wisdom that we come up with today is try not to wait until you're having a meltdown to um, get your me time. And that driving around at work does not count as me time like a dealer like your husband like when he's he's at work all day does that count as his me time i'm like come on <laughs> well you just had nine hours of me time motherfucker so i guess it's time for me to have some you know jesus christ see this is probably why i'm not married and then uh caitlin that was some good like advice about rolling through the plane and you know like how to um take your breast milk and we all saw like I posted in the Facebook group those pods that you can nurse in but you're right they need to be like every other terminal not I mean what's the ratio of like women who are who are like childbearing age right so like 50% of the population roughly is women okay let's say that another 75% is of childbearing age right and then like how many people is that and you got one fucking nursing pod all right go Caitlin the other thing was when I asked, um, when I got to my gate, none of the people who worked there even knew about it or knew where it would be. There was a tiny little like post, post it note, like our three by five card or whatever posted in the women's bathroom. Hey, there's a nursing pod here. 
BT Dubs and it gave the gate number and you're like, oh, so it's all the way that way after I just came from all the way that way and no one could tell me. So um, apparently there is supposed to be an app or something that you can like find where the nursing pods or nursing rooms are or whatever, but it's not exactly convenient to find. And then pumping on an airplane, like the, going there, I would have been completely comfortable. Like I was sitting next to two older moms who were like, do what you need to do. And on my flight home, I was next to this guy dressed in all white going to Vegas with his wife. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I, you know, so you, you need to find, figure out how you can feel comfortable pumping if you have to pump on an airplane, like in a super long flight. Just get them out. Just start pumping. Make that noise. E, 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 e. Um, one time I was on a plane and this like really like conservative rabbi sat next to me. And I was like, I just need to let you know that like, and I was in the seat where, you know, the, the exit seat where you have the extra leg room. And this guy was a shrimp. Okay. And he was like real shitty to his assistant on the phone. And so he gets in and he has a curly cue, you know, he's a Cidic Jew. He's whatever. And so he sits next to me. I'm like, I just need to let you know, you're going to end up touching me because I cannot keep all this goodness in my little seat. And he was like, it'll be fine. I'm like, oh, okay, let, let me just get the parameters here. That when you, little man, want to sit on the plane, it's okay to touch me. But like every other time, you know, like I'm unclean or whatever the situation is there. And I'm not trying to rag on Hasidic Jewish men, but this guy was a real asshole. Um, you know, so like, I, I just remember, like, if I had been nursing, I would have just got my like boobs bigger and shit right there, you know, and pumped and whatever and one time I was on a plane I think I shared this one time where the guy in front of me turned around it was like shitty to the lady and she was nursing next to me and I would like just started kicking his chair he turned around and then I asked the uh, flight attendant for more water for her so yeah get your people your warriors with you you never know I was flying by myself because my warrior women live in Seattle so we oh. were on different flights so it was me by myself um next to this he was just kind of a creepy yeah vibes kind of guy from that I was getting from him but next to him was like this world war ii vet and I was like I totally pumped in front of that guy he's totally yeah. cool he doesn't care thing that I was just not feeling this guy I was having to sit next to so yeah otherwise I totally would have pumped on that plane because I was starting to feel it get your boobs yeah. out yeah. all right well anything else let's uh unmute ourselves and tell each other that we love each other oh I need to say that we have that paypal button available if you want to sling some dinero Dr. Bly put it in the um, chat room or the chat box. And then uh, what do you guys want to talk about next time? Sleep and children sleeping. Maybe. I can go for that. I'm down. Because I'm having trouble with my three-year-old and my seven-month-old is still not sleeping through the night. Oh, my God. Zala, I can't unmute you. I don't know what the problem is. Um, okay, yeah, we can talk about that, sleeping, you, the babies, other children, everything. Okay. As Adila yawns. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to survive this Ramadan because our last prayer of the day is at like 9.45. <laughs> and then the night prayer starts because it's, it's more like, um, you know. It's a month of recognition, being connected to God, and just coming closer, and so it's a lot of praying, and uh, I don't know. I'm going to be so tired. Yeah. And when's the first one in the morning? Um, at 4.58. So I woke up this morning at 4.58 for breakfast. My goodness. 
Okay, well. Normally sunsets at like 8.10, I think, or 8.15. Mm-hmm. Well, however we can support you in our non-Ramadan observing ways, but we're here. We can just I'll be up too. <laughs> Yeah, text Caitlin. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Well, and I love that we're all like super supportive of different theologies here. I want to say that that's a thing about preggers and this support group that we're never going to give anybody shit for any type of religion that you're in. Um, you know, we're just super inclusive and compassionate and loving and we're all one and we're just here doing the best we can being mom, supporting and loving each other or dads. We don't care. Um, I'm gonna like flip my shit, y'all. The first time we have a seahorse dad, I'm gonna be into it. I'm gonna be into it. Yeah, it's gonna happen too. All right, my loves. Then next um, in two weeks, we'll talk about sleeping and how we're gonna sleep um, more for us and more for the kids, and how to rest. Let's talk about that. How to um, effectively rest? Because even if we're yeah zero task and getting some rest in. Um, I saw this thing or I read something where like basketball players they like did a a thing on their performance and even when they're running back down the court after shooting a basket they're taking a little micro break their pulse goes down everything mm-hmm. goes down and they're taking a micro break and really like having a brief moment of rest and that increases performance so maybe we'll figure out what that looks like for us Alrighty, well i love you all tremendously and i'm glad we're all here together and we're just going to keep doing it until we can't do it anymore when i get some postcards i'll tell you guys and maybe we can brainstorm where to put them out at places and yep we're doing it we're doing it love you guys love you all righty my loves that's a wrap We'll see you in two weeks. Don't forget to grab those headphones. If you need a text reminder, you can go to preggers.rocks, www.preggers.rocks, or preggerscanbechoosers.com, and there's a text reminder that you can sign up for. We're also on Facebook at Preggers Can Be Choosers. There's an event um, invitation that you can sign up for there, and we also have a group dedicated on Facebook dedicated to our podcast listeners. That's the Podcast Afterbirth Group. So we'll hope to connect with you soon. And don't forget, we're launching our prenatal education podcast pretty soon. So we want you to jump in on that as well. Thank you so much and hope you have a great two weeks.